Welcome to Analyzing with Abby, the podcast where we discuss true crime, conspiracies, anti-MLM, social justice issues, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and follow me on Instagram at Analyzing with Abby. Today, we are going to be talking about Sandra Bland. Sandra Bland was a 28-year-old woman from a suburb of Chicago. She was one of five sisters. She was involved in many activities growing up, including cheerleading, playing the trombone, and singing in the church choir. She graduated high school in 2005 and went on to attend Prairie View A&M University. She graduated in 2009 and moved back home to Illinois, where she worked several different jobs before moving back to Texas to start a job at the university she graduated from. She arrives in Texas on July 8th, and two days later, on Friday, July 10th, Sandra was pulled over by Officer Brian Insinia for failure to signal a lane change. There is dash cam footage, a bystander video, and a video Sandra recorded herself to confirm the following events. The dash cam footage that was released by authorities has several glitches and jump cuts. During the video, some cars seem to reappear multiple times. The same car can be seen repeating the same trip down the road several times, while other cars disappear. These suspicious glitches lead people to wonder if the video was edited to try and hide something. Law enforcement has denied all claims of the video being edited, saying it was a technical error, but I did want to mention this because the dashcam video is the longest video we have of Sandra's arrest. Sandra gives Officer Insinia her license and insurance, and a few minutes later he comes back to Sandra's car and asks her if she's okay because she seems irritated. Sandra answers honestly that she is irritated. He was following her very closely and she changed lanes to move out of his way. And now she was getting a ticket. Insinia tells Sandra to put out her cigarette. She says she doesn't have to because she is in her own car, but puts it out anyway. He then orders Sandra to get out of her car. When she says no, all you pulled me over for was a traffic signal, I don't have to get out of my car. Insinia opens her car door and attempts to forcefully remove her from her car. During this altercation, Insinia tells her she's under arrest, and Sandra repeatedly asks why, but instead of giving her an answer, he just becomes angry. Some of the things the officer yells at Sandra are, I'm going to yank you out of here, I'm going to drag you out of here, I will light you up. Sandra then gets out of her car and they walk out of the view of the dash cam. A bystander begins recording the incident, and we see Sandra on the ground with Officer Insinia's knee in her back. Sandra is screaming in pain, while Insinia continues to berate her. He then arrests her, and she is charged with assaulting a public servant. Sandra was deemed a threat because of this charge, so she was placed in solitary confinement. Her bail was set at $5,000, and in order to be released, she needed 10% or $500. Sandra's family didn't have much extra money, so they needed a few days to get the money together. Sandra called her sister from jail and told her she had been arrested. She said she really wasn't sure why she had been arrested, but she was in pain from the manner in which she was arrested. Sandra told her sister that she would call her back later, but unfortunately, this would be the last time Sandra's sister ever heard from her. On Monday, July 13th, just three days after she had been arrested, Sandra was found dead in her cell. Officers reported that Sandra had been found hanging in her cell. 
and it appeared that she had died by suicide using a trash bag as a noose. Sandra's family is shocked and horrified by this news, and knew immediately that something wasn't right. They called attorney Cannon Lambert, who had previously represented Sandra, after she was rear-ended by a motorcycle. He remembered Sandra being a bright and vibrant woman, and he felt compelled to help the family. He goes to Texas with Sandra's family, and they are given video footage of the jail at the time Sandra was there. However, they never see Sandra in this footage. Her cell was in the back, and no surveillance cameras showed her cell. There were no timestamps or dates on these videos. The family is shown the videos of Sandra's arrest, and they are disturbed by the way Officer Insinia treats Sandra and escalates the situation way beyond what was necessary. Sandra's family has a lot of questions about the whole situation, but it doesn't stop here. Sandra's body is released to her family after Texas officials perform a toxicology report. Elton Mathis is the Waller County DA where Sandra's death occurred. Mathis contacts Lambert, the attorney working with Sandra's family the day before the funeral, and starts asking about the autopsy report that the family had done independently. Mathis says it appears that Sandra had a large amount of marijuana in her system and implies that that could have caused her to commit suicide. D.A. Mathis assembles a grand jury to consider criminal charges against the officers involved with Sandra's case. The problem with the grand jury trial is that the prosecution has all the power. So if the prosecutor is on the side of the officers on trial, they can present evidence in a way to make them look innocent. They decide what evidence to present or to leave out, and no one from Sandra's side gets a say. Lambert knows that this is not going to go their way, so they decide to file lawsuits against everyone involved, including the Waller County Sheriff, Officer Insinia, the booking officers, and Waller County. In response to these lawsuits, Sandra's intake forms that she filled out when she was arrested were released. These forms asked questions like, have you ever attempted suicide? And Sandra checked yes. It also asked, do you feel like killing yourself today? And she checked no. The sheriff and the DA think that Sandra did kill herself, and since she had one previous attempted suicide, to them it proves their point. Sandra's friends and family are adamant that there is no way Sandra would have taken her own life. She had dreams and goals and was excited for the future. Sandra was well informed about her rights and knew she had been wrongfully arrested. She was not worried about being convicted. While being arrested, she was actually telling the officer she couldn't wait to take him to court. On top of that, Sandra had been to jail in the past to serve time in exchange for paying fines. Being in jail was not something that would drive her to end her life. Sandra's family is determined to get answers as to what actually happened. They know there is more to the story than what they are being told. There was no DNA or fingerprints on the noose that Sandra was allegedly hanging from. There were no photos taken of her hanging, only photos of her laying on the ground. Guards at the Waller County Jail neglected to properly do their jobs. There is a policy in place for guards to perform hourly checks on their inmates and keep records of these checks. A report published in July 2016 states that the guards violated these policies by failing to do timely checks on inmates and falsified the records. 
It also states that jail employees had not been adequately trained to deal with mental health problems. Sandra's family hired a medical examiner to perform an independent autopsy. Sandra's core body temperature was never taken when she was found, which is a vital piece of evidence. Sandra's injuries were ultimately inconclusive. With missing key information and inconclusive injuries, it is impossible to determine whether or not Sandra was the one to end her life. This is devastating for Sandra's family, who just wants answers. In December 2015, a grand jury declined to issue an indictment in connection to Sandra's death. The following month, the jury met again and indicted Officer Insinia for perjury. In June 2017, a judge granted a motion to dismiss the perjury charge against Insinia. Sandra's family settled the wrongful death lawsuit for $1.9 million and a promise of jail reform and police de-escalation training. No one has ever been held criminally liable for Sandra Bland's injuries, incarceration, or death. There are a lot of theories about what happened to Sandra and who is responsible for her death, but at the end of the day, what happened to her is wrong. She should not have been arrested. She should not have died while in police custody. So many things that went wrong could have been prevented in this case. Sandra was wrongfully arrested and placed in solitary confinement and left there for the entire time she was in jail. This goes against the jail's policies. The Waller County Jail has a policy that if an inmate is to be placed in solitary confinement, they are to be reevaluated after a 24 hour period. This was not done, and Sandra remained isolated for the entire three days she was in jail. I can't help but wonder if Sandra was not left in solitary confinement, if the guards had checked on Sandra when they were supposed to, if the jail had cameras that showed her cell, if Sandra would still be here today. When telling the story, I did not mention anyone's race. I did this so we could look at the situation objectively and form opinions based on facts before bringing up the racial issues involved here. Sandra Bland was a black woman and I believe racism played a huge role in this case. I understand that this is a sensitive subject, and everyone may not agree with all of my opinions, and that's okay. I think it's important to have discussions about topics like this and listen to all sides. Sometimes knowing someone's race may influence what we think about them, even if we don't realize it. I believe what happened to Sandra was wrong, regardless of her race, but it is important to talk about why her being a woman of color may have impacted what happened to her. Sandra was a passionate advocate for racial equality. She believed it was her calling to fight against inequality and bring awareness to these issues. One of the main reasons Sandra was going back to Texas was because she saw a lot of opportunities and work that needed to be done in the area. Sandra made videos called Sandy Speaks and posted them to Facebook. In these videos, she talks about systemic racism, police brutality, and encouraged people to use their voice to speak out against injustice. She spoke honestly about her experiences and empowered people of color. Sandra's death sparked outrage and a cry for justice. Many people started using the hashtag Sandra Bland, and a petition was launched calling for an investigation of Sandra's death. Just three days after her death was announced, 200,000 people had tweeted Sandra Bland's name. Protesters rallied outside the jail chanting, no justice, no peace, 
and we demand answers. Without public outcry, it is far too easy for police to sweep situations like this under the rug. We need to ask questions when things don't add up. I've heard the argument made that Sandra was being aggressive and not cooperating when she was pulled over, and maybe that's why she was arrested. If she hadn't had an attitude, maybe Officer Insinia would have let her go. But I have to wonder, would this still have happened to her if she were white? Would we still think she was being aggressive? If a white man acted the same way Sandra acted, would he have had the same outcome? Maybe Sandra did have an attitude. Maybe she wasn't very respectful. Was he respectful to her? Should he be allowed to act how he wants towards her, but be able to decide what is acceptable from her? I'm not here to tell you what your opinion should be, just to encourage you to look at all perspectives. Sandra had experienced discrimination before and was well informed that racism occurs specifically from people in positions of authority. Maybe she was apprehensive of law enforcement because of her previous experiences. I know there are so many wonderful members of law enforcement who work hard and make sacrifices to protect their communities. I am not trying to speak negatively about law enforcement as a whole. I think it's important to not only commend law enforcement for the great work they do, but also to call out racism and other abusive power when we see it. Officer Insinia had given out over 1,600 tickets in less than 12 months prior to Sandra's arrest. He was known to perform excessive and unnecessary searches of vehicles in hopes of finding something criminal. Sheriff R. Glenn Smith had previously worked as chief of police in Hempstead, Texas. He was reprimanded multiple times for racial discrimination and intimidation and was eventually fired. Less than a year later, he was elected sheriff of Waller County. This shows that systemic racism allows for people in positions of authority to continue to thrive in their careers despite racist actions. There is so much to unpack in this case, but ultimately what I want to do is remember Sandra and everything she stood for. There is so much value in her words, so I want to end by playing some clips of her Sandy Speaks videos. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. So this morning I come to you saying go out there and be great kings and queens. Do whatever it is that God has placed on your heart for the day. If you are going to work, I hope you have a great day. Don't let anybody knock you off your square. Today, Sandy Speaks is going to focus directly on my white people. White people. Yes, black people know that all lives matter. But what I need you guys to understand is that being a black person in America is very, very hard. Although you all love to say, oh, nobody should see race. People are the reason that racism is still alive. Well, what kind of people are the reason? Black racists have no power, whereas white racists do. They have power because they are in positions of control or they are in positions where they can influence the control over black people. Because in in the news that we've seen as of late, you could stand there, surrender to the cops and still be killed. So for those of you that feel like all lives matter, if you want to put it on the poster, I will stand out there with you. But if you're not ready to do that, do not get on my page with it. You might have a, a, a black friend or two. And I'm not calling all white people racist because y'all not. But for the ones who want to get on my page talking about all lives matter, 
Show me in American history where all lives have mattered. Show me where there has been liberty and justice for all. Enough people don't have friends of a different race, black people included. We don't have enough white friends. They don't have enough black friends. And that is what continues to feed and spew this little, this little duel called racism. And again, it's not little, but I feel like it is over glorified because at the end of the day, racism is still only alive because people keep perpetuating it. Say your prayers. Say your prayers. Say your prayers.